0: The Prayers of Many, Chapter 2 Ditches. Praying together is like digging ditches ahead of a flood. He said, Thus says the Lord Make this valley full of trenches, for thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. 2 Kings 3.16-18 In this Old Testament story, God's people are divided as a nation and compromised in their identity as Yahweh's people. This decline in their fortunes came to a crisis point as they faced a significant enemy in the king of Moab. Their very existence was once again under threat. Out of these circumstances, an alliance of the kings of Judah, Israel and Edom came into being. Sometimes it takes a serious threat to all to bring about the laying down of personal ambition, preoccupation, and agenda, where God's people come together in unity in seeking God. Church history seems to suggest that a move of God occurs when the spiritual ground is almost desert like. In such conditions, His people begin to feel parched and dry, and a receptivity and responsiveness to God's Spirit returns. Yet even with an alliance between Israel, Judah and Edom, the odds were overwhelming. The drift and decline had been so steep that they were not capable of overcoming the evil dominating the land they were in on their own. Moab was far too strong for all the resources they had at their disposal. In this context, they asked for prophetic insight. By seeking out Elisha the prophet, they asked God what they should do. Their fundamental questions were, can God do something about this? What would God have us do and can God help us overcome these overwhelming odds? They realised they were outnumbered, outflanked and out of options unless God did something about the situation. Is this not how we feel when we look around the world as it is now? For the church, especially in the Western world, it would seem that whatever forces we might gather together, whenever we look at the news, the situation appears utterly heartbreaking. We need something that none of us have the resources for. In this context they go to seek God through the prophet Elisha. He finally agrees but in a surprising way by saying now bring me a minstrel, a musician. Why does he begin by doing this? The previous verses show us that Elisha was not impressed with the leadership being given to God's people at this time. He has respect for the king of Judah but he has no regard at all for his own king Jehoram the king of Israel who was not leading the people in the way of God. Elisha is only a small step from dismissing them completely but he demonstrates how to listen to God and not your own emotions. Perhaps his call for a musician was so that he could make worship his focus. Elisha made God, not the problems, the centre of his attention. Whilst they are together Elisha puts aside the anger he was feeling. He chooses not to discuss the depleted resources and seemingly insurmountable challenges facing them and he refrains from berating them for the political nonsense they had been responsible for. He focuses on God, and as the musician plays, the hand of the Lord came upon him. The world we live in can easily cause us to lose our focus on God. It is so vital that as we gather to pray and to seek God that we come with worshipping hearts. Worship is vital in the context of prayer. We must not separate worship from prayer. Often in meetings that we call prayer meetings, we will find much greater unction, which is a great old word for zeal and passion, in our prayers together when we have said, as Elisha did, bring us a minstrel. I can hear you thinking, I thought this book was about prayer, but if in prayer we want to hear the voice of God for the urgent matters of our day, it is so important that our focus is not on those urgent matters, but on God, that we come acknowledging his lordship, his sovereignty and his majesty. Having a prayer meeting well served by capable musicians is in my view vital to all else that happens. I wonder what Elisha would have done if the minstrel had not been there. As we together figuratively cry out, bring us a minstrel, something that changes in our perspective and faith rises. Before lifting up our voices together in prayer, we lift them up together in praise. It's a great perspective changer, vital to fervent believing collective prayer. An army in a desert without water is an army in trouble. The food, which cows, sheep and goats, would die of thirst and the soldiers would be weak and vulnerable. So the problem these three armies have, before they even face Moab in battle, is that they have no water. Elisha says, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. Some versions say, I will make this dry stream bed full of pools. The link between these slightly nuanced versions heightens the awareness of partnership. They were to prepare for God to move by digging trenches in a flatbed valley so that when God brought water, all was in place for his activity to be effective. Elisha was saying, you have to do something in preparation for when God moves. This is exactly what corporate prayer is like. It is preparing for a move of God. Let the image shape our thinking regarding collective prayer. Prayer, like digging a ditch, requires significant effort. It is hard work. It's about turning up at the prayer meeting after a hard day at work. It is walking out the house at some unearthly hour in the morning when it's cold, dark, and you can hardly remember your name, let alone focus on eloquent prayers. It's giving the half night of prayer. It is raising a sweat figuratively and saying, in effect, God, as we are digging these ditches in prayer, we trust you that you're going to fill them up with water. If God said to us, dig some ditches and I'll move in revival power across your nation, my guess is that though it would be hard work... We would do it because of his promise. We have the equivalent promises with regard to our effort in corporate prayer. My friend Daniel Goodman leads City Church Cambridge, and I asked him how he encourages people to make the effort for our enough nights of prayer. His reply is very helpful. These evenings are important occasions. That's why I asked the church to make a special effort to be there. I'm persuaded that prayer is powerful. I particularly ask everyone to come as early as possible because I want them to overlap with the children. I love it when my two boys form meaningful and fun relationships with adult Christians. It models something wonderful to them about the value of prayer and community. But it doesn't just benefit my kids. It also blesses the whole church who can really engage with discipling the next generation. I know it can be costly for working people to get to enough early in the evening, but I plead with them to do so. People will go to great lengths to be present at an important occasion. Sometimes even a few small changes to your routine can pave the way to being where you need to be. For example, I support Arsenal FC and to get to London from Cambridge for a midweek game means I need to leave work an hour early and get straight on a train. I'm happy to do it when it feels worthwhile. How much more with occasions that are of eternal significance, such as prayer meetings. It might mean making a few slight adjustments to the routine, leaving work early, arranging a babysitter, skipping Friday night drinks, etc. But most people can do it if they choose to. The earth-moving power of teams. Films featuring the old chain gangs bound together building railway tracks or roads show that keeping going in the heat and hard work was much easier if collectively a rhythm and a partnership was established. You and me both being there at the prayer meeting matters as we can both be encouraged by the earth we move together. Praying together is the main approach to prayer that we see in the Bible. I noticed something Eugene Peterson said on Twitter. In the long history of Christian spirituality, community prayer is more important than individual prayer. The more people we can mobilise in corporate prayer, the more effective the digging of ditches will be, which God will fill with His answer to the need. We may each have different capacities and experience in prayer. Some may feel like they have a simple seaside bucket and spade of experience and contribution to make. Hesitant, small prayers like riding a bike with stabilisers on. Maybe, for some reading this, it feels even less than that. A thimble or egg cup of earth-moving capability. Others, who might think, have great JCB earth-moving capacity. Whichever it is, all prayer makes a difference, and the more, the better. Whether a child or adult, A recent follower of Christ or with years of experience, it all counts. It all helps dig the ditch. You, your prayers and your presence in corporate prayer matter. I think Paul understood this when he said in 2 Corinthians 1.11, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. The more people praying, the more ditches dug the more effective preparation and partnership ahead of when God moves. Digging the ditches does not change things, only God changes things. But just as the digging of ditches in this account prepared a way for God to do what he wanted to do, so in some sovereign way, as we pray, it prepares the way for God to do what he desires to do. Whenever we pray collectively, it is like we get a shovel and move earth so that there is something created in the landscape for a move of God to rest in, a ditch for water. A place for answers to prayer to land. We see the same principle at work in Isaiah 54, verses 2 to 3. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Notice what they are to do. They are to enlarge, stretch, lengthen and strengthen the tent. Why? Because God will expand and fill this enlarged tent so that the nations will know he is Lord. God called them to work in faith before God filled the space created. Prayer is about doing something ahead of what God has said he is going to do. That's how prayer works. We pray for things we have as yet not seen. When we pray something goes on in the heavenly realms. It is every bit as real as the visible things here on earth but it is unseen at first then becomes known as things change on earth, as it is in heaven. Back to the story of Elisha and the three kings. Verse 17 expresses it well. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see winds, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. God promises that he is going to do something supernatural that cannot be explained through the natural or human realms of activity. Naturally we can say a combination of wind and rain would ordinarily fill up ditches. Anybody could point to a ditch filled with water in a rainy storm and say of course it is filled up, it has been windy and raining. God says here he is going to fill the ditches without wind or rain. He says I'm going to do it so you don't know how it happened other than by concluding this must be God. That is what I am promising. How God answers prayer cannot be explained naturally. It cannot be explained because it is miraculous and miracles alone belong to the Lord. In approaching prayer, we must not be limited in our thinking to only the way our culture thinks, rational, logical and empirical. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. God is able to go beyond the words we say or the time and effort we put in. It is not that we produce something in a formulaic way. Rather, we contribute obedient asking and God produces supernatural outcome. We know that the more we pray, the more God will do. And the more of us that pray, the more effective the praying. But these are not formulaic dynamics. They are relational dynamics. Us and God in partnership together in his purposes across the earth. At one of our Enough prayer meetings, I prayed this prayer as we live streamed across all the hubs praying You may wish to add your amen to this prayer as you read it as well. Lord, we take this evening very seriously. With all the different ways we are learning how to pray, and we're doing lots of fun and experimental things with prayer, and we believe it all touches your heart. Yet underlying this, Lord, we know this is a serious business. We are praying for lost people. We are praying for people who don't know if they've even got another day. We can dig ditches by our prayers, but only you can fill them with water. Only you. You are the Sovereign Lord. Only you can say, let there be. And there was. And we believe. We are persuaded that your word tells us that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. That you are kind and loving and patient, not wanting anyone to perish. You don't want any to perish. We appeal to your character and we appeal to your nature revealed supremely to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Who shows us what you are like. All the fullness of God in human flesh. Jesus You had compassion on everyone. You were the friend of sinners. You touched the blind, healed the lame. You brought forgiveness to those whose lives were full of unrighteousness. You are the same then, today, and forever. The Bible tells us, so we ask you, Jesus. You said you would send another just like you when you ascended to your Father and you sent your Holy Spirit. And He does the same thing you did, the same things in our earth that you would do if you were here physically. So we ask that you Holy Spirit would move across our nation our town move across the godless generation and thousands of people who don't know left from right who are unable to name the name of Jesus as Savior because they have never heard the gospel. We need you to empower us as your people we need you to do something that we cannot do. We are willing but we ask you to let the water from heaven come that softens hearts of neighbors, families, colleagues, politicians or all that we would meet. Soften hearts so that gospel seed falls on good soil, so it shoots and spouts, thirty, sixty and a hundredfold. We are asking you for a move, we are asking you to move, O God. Turn, O God, have mercy, O God. Come upon our nation with power, as we have read and heard about. Do it in our day. We have nothing else to give you but our heartfelt cries and we raise our amen to you. We say, Lord, look from heaven on our weak, humble attempt. Amen.